0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Alumless. My name is Ryan Catherwood. I am your host for the show. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Uh, it is great to be with you. I'm having fun here with the controls in the background and, and fading music in and out. I feel like a real DJ. Uh, but I'm grateful that you all are joining us. Um, this is episode three of Alumnus. And I'm your host, Ryan, of course. Alumnus is a Chris Marshall Advancement Consulting production. Every other Friday, we we plan to bring you a new episode of Alumnus, featuring me as your host, but starring my friend and boss, Mr. Chris Marshall, CMEC founder and CEO. And This is designed to be sort of part talk show, part webinar, and we hope to have a fun, special surprise guest each episode. And we're working on turning uh, Alumnus into a podcast in the future, which I think everybody will really enjoy being able to hear the show after the fact. And um, I guess it won't be a surprise guest anymore, but you'll be able to see who we featured on each episode. Uh, So look out for that over the coming weeks to be able to listen to the show on your favorite podcast app. But without further ado, I am going to bring forward Mr. Chris Marshall. There he is. Hello, sir. Hey, Ryan. How are you, sir? Welcome back to your own show. It's good to see you.
1: (laughs) We've done three of these. And have not yet been in the same location for any of them. So.
0: Yeah, you're a, you're a road warrior, my friend. Where are you now? I'm up in uh,
1: Brunswick, Maine, at Bowdoin College. Their board of trustees are meeting today, and we're doing a report out to their basically their advancement committee. It's uh, they call it the Beyond Bowdoin Committee, and it's a sort of a high level assessment of the program. And we're going to begin a strategic planning process. So it's the sort of teeing that up at the same time as we're reporting out. But great place, great people and beautiful day on campus. So I'm thrilled to be here.
0: That's awesome. I grew up in uh, Vermont myself and spent a good amount of time in in Maine. And this is about the time of year where Maine begins to really get nice. But um, you've been on the road quite a bit. You know, Chris, over the last couple of weeks, it feels like every time I'm checking in with you, you're about to hop on an airplane and um, and head somewhere else. You've been you've visited several schools over these last few weeks. What have you been working on and what are some of the challenges you feel like alumni teams are facing at this moment? Well, it, 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 normally, as,
1: as you know, in er, there's a part of the fall, Tobrish, and then April, May ish in the spring where it's like board meeting season where alumni boards meet and, uh, boards of trustees meet. And it's not uncommon when you get to the point where you have multiple clients, they all want you to come to their campus on the same day, (laughs) literally. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of that, hopping around to board meetings and presenting updates and so forth. And it's, you know, we're also coming out of hopefully coming out of COVID, um, for the fifth time, I think, but, uh, it feels a little bit more normal now when you get on airplanes and, you know, out and about, um, I think people are looking for some in-person contact too. So there's like sort of an acute need that has been built up on, on top of having a board meeting season. Those two things together uh, have brought me out on the road quite a bit. The, in terms of the other things, schools I'm seeing, the, the places that I'm, I'm visiting and what clients are working on, of course, are things getting ready for commencements. They're already happening in many cases, big reunion programs around the corner for many cases and many uh Clients this weekend coming up a bunch of different institutions and over the next several weeks uh, and then the last thing I'll say that's sort of been on the radar. We talked about it a couple weeks ago in our last show is, is is the whole hiring talent search for talent. How do we find the right people and how do we do it quickly and how do we have um agile work environments that allow people to take roles. That doesn't mean they have to be in the office every day kind of thing. So all those those three main reasons are what's getting me out on the road quite a bit right now. But I'm going to the good thing about these roles, as you know, Ryan, is you can turn the volume up or down and I'm going to turn it down after June and July and August. I'm going to be home, which will <laughs> be welcome change. So
0: that is one of the nice things about being a consultant is some some level of flexibility, right, with where you work and how often. Um, I wanted to mention for those that are, are checking us out on LinkedIn at the moment, we can uh, see your comments here in our StreamYard interface. So if, you have, um, if you're have, if you watching, please don't hesitate to say hello. Uh, any questions for Chris or our special guest today, go ahead and pop them in the comments and we can answer them in real time. Yeah, let us know who's here. Just check in and say hey, and
1: it's fun to see the names pop up. So if you're here, let us know. We'd love to see. say hello back.
0: Yeah. Well, as people are doing that, Chris, you know, we wanted to put together a show incorporating diversity, equity, and inclusion themes uh, and talk about them in broad alumni strategic planning terms, um, as these are really important themes that lots of schools are working on. How are you seeing alumni and donor engagement teams tackling this important work?
1: Yeah, it's come up. I think we're around a dozen strategic plans this year that we've done and of course it's come up in every single one. Um, What's interesting is that you often see it um, talked about as a main priority, sort of a vertical if you will. Like if you have a series of priorities, they stand up as your vertical, I'm sort of a visual person. I think of them those ways. And then there's other places where they have their priorities. And then the, the DEI thing is a horizontal that cuts across all the priorities. And in one case, I worked with a client who had it in both places. They had it vertical and horizontal. It's that important that we need it in both. You know, thinking about it in both ways. So I'm seeing all those scenarios um, pop up in every single one. It's often one of the highest, if not the highest, thing put on the list. And and, and I think we also. I'm also seeing it's in my time doing this. And there's there was periods where it was sort of given a lot of lip service. We're moving now to some real action. We're seeing programs. We're seeing communications, volunteer structures, um, events, the hiring process critical here, but even staff development, serious staff development around these issues is something that's been a lot different. And the other thing I'll add here is that um, a very broad definition of diversity. When we say that, it, it means certain things to certain people, but in the broadest sense, we're getting more and more people to, more and more of our, our clients are thinking about it in, in diversity in all ways. Yeah. So. That's where I'm hearing it from.
0: That that sounds right to me, and and thank you, Sally, Kurt, and Michael for chiming in. Great to have you joining us uh, for the broadcast today. Uh, any thoughts or comments, of course, along the way. Don't hesitate to pop them in the chat. Um, Chris, uh, you know, I think that one of the most common traits of an organization, you know, perhaps of an advancement team or alumni association, is is that they seem to be executing successfully in bringing to life these strategies. What are the common traits of those organizations that are doing this planning and execution successfully? Yeah, in every
1: institution, it, it, you know, the first thing I I was thinking, when you showed me the questions for today, um, uh, it starts with leadership. I mean, it's got to be at the very highest of the chancellor presidential level. That's a common theme, you'll find that every place, but you're also going to find a champion of that same Approach in your vice chancellor, vice president, and then in your alumni leader. So it starts with the top. Um, it's it's a mindset. It's not a box that we check. It's a mindset that we have, um, and it's a part of the mindset is that this work is never going to end. We're going to be doing this, and we have to be thinking about it forever. Um, and everything we do, every way we do our work, and and the other, if I had to give you three t- very tangible things, we're seeing more and more dedicated staff towards these issues dedicated budget and extreme clarity articulated through a strategic planning priority often that this will be a focus of what we do for our underrepresented populations and and, and those if you put those three together leadership from the top a a mindset that's been embedded into the culture and the dedicated staff budget and clarity and a priority articulated in such a way that we're going to go after this Those are the places. If if you find those, whatever those are, five or six things I just mentioned, you're going to find a program that's having success in this area.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's right on the money, Chris. Uh, And I think now is a good time to bring in our special guest for today. We're going to have a drum roll. We need a drum roll sound effect. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is one here in the control panels. (laughs) And there he is, hello, Matthew Winston, how are you? You are still on mute, my friend, but it is great to see you.
2: Well, I was still on mute because I didn't think anyone really wanted to hear what I had to say, No, hey, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here with you guys.
0: Fantastic, we're excited that you're here. Matt, uh, of course, uh, well, maybe not, of course, but most folks don't know this, but Matt has a new role uh, starting this week. He is the executive director for alumni engagement at Binghamton University. And he's also founder and principal of the winston advisory pact so uh congrats on your new role matt it's great uh to chat with you on kind of this special week of transition for you in a new role what do you think and what are you feeling
2: uh you know i'm feeling overwhelmed as as you would on day four this is day four for me so um you know it's, it's been a whirlwind and um you know, doing the, you know, you got to do the typical HR stuff. You got to fill out all the forms and you got to get lost on campus a couple of times. So I've done that pretty well. Um, but I arrived, uh, I arrived here at really kind of a, you know, really interesting, critical time in, in the life of what's going on at the institution. It's, you know, we're coming up on kind of graduation season. And so last night, um, spent a lot of time on campus. It was a major campus tradition event where the uh, where the president salutes the graduating seniors with a champagne toast, and we really, you know, we prep those students for uh, official alumni status. And then um, commencement ceremonies are literally on the way. I mean, I, I just got back from the first of ten here, um, and so uh, to come do this webinar, so it's, it's it's been great. But I'm I'm happy to be where I am, and uh, looking forward to the good work we're going to do together at Binghamton University.
0: Well, thank you for, for taking a break from your official duties today to, to join this very important episode of Alumnus. We're, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, and of course, congrats again on your, on your role. Um, you know, at Virginia Tech and then a, as a consultant, Matt, you, you sort of specialize in helping universities build stronger communities of color and difference and execute on broader strategies for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Again, I know it's early, of course, in your new role there. But how do you think you can bring some of your expertise to your role at Binghamton?
2: Well, you know, at Binghamton, like, like first of all, this is a great institution. Let me let me go ahead and do the commercial stuff if you let me do the plug. Um, Please, and it's got it's got all the stuff that um, you know alumni leaders like us would really want, right? It's got a, a great staff, great dedicated staff, passionate alums. Um, focused and committed volunteers. Uh, and, you know, the strategic focus really from top to bottom is on engagement, not being a value add, but really being a core principle to success. And um, which is really kind of interesting because um, this university in itself is really, it's relatively young. It was only founded in 1946. Uh, and the advancement operation is in our infancy stage itself, right? It's, it's uh, first major gift kind of campaign only came in the late 90s. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity here for uh, us to build a program here where alumni engagement hopefully can really drive overall success. But I think this school is, you know, like many other schools, and I, I did get to hear, um, you know, what Chris was talking about early, um, it, it, it falls in line, right? It's still a, a school that's hungry to get better at embracing um, the expanding diversity of their campus community, right? And to, uh, hopefully we can match our alumni engagement outreach to our alumni profile. Um, Everyone, you know, everyone gets more and more diverse every semester with each graduating class. We get younger, we graduate more students of color and difference, we get more international, right? And so, you know, what I hope we can do is uh, like I've tried to preach to other places, and like I tried to, I've done in other places, just to build a program where we embrace and engage alums of every race and background and perspective. Uh, hopefully, to get them to remain connected, um, to be active advocates for the institution, to be volunteers, and to be ambassadors for their alma mater. Um, you know, it's that, that, uh,
1: just follow if you don't mind how
2: yeah.
1: how most of the places I look at in the Northeast are. Um, Increasingly diverse in their student body, and in, in some cases, extreme diversity. Place I'm at right now, Bowdoin College, and, um, right. for example. Uh, but when you look at the alumni population, it's much more homogenous. I mean, and, and is, is Binghamton in that same boat? How would you describe your situation there?
2: Yeah, I mean that's probably the the, the case here, but you know, it changes over time because, yeah. the, you know, like I said, the the students get more diverse, and 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 so you know, next semester, the class, the alumni body will be more diverse than it was last semester. And so um, the, the the key is how do you, uh, how do you sort of, you know, get all of those new students and, and the new alumni population that's more diverse, how do you very actively get them engaged? And, and, and you have to be very deliberate about it, right? It's, I think it's easy, but you just have to be deliberate and committed. And if you apply that same energy that you do toward you know athletics or to your you know to your majority populations, then you can get it done. It's just, it just takes effort. And I know kind of what you were talking about meeting with groups and doing strategic plans and people talking about how diversity is integrated this way and this way. Um, and you need budgets and you need commitment and you need strategy to do it. You just gotta do that. And um, hopefully the work that you're doing and the work that I certainly have tried to do, you're getting people to understand that they put you know put energy and resources into those commitments you you can see success, but you've but you got here's my last point. you've got to be um you got to sort of inculcate that there will be no real immediate return on expectation because it's a long game.
0: yeah, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense, Matt. and best of luck as you as you work through those challenging initiatives there. Uh, It will take time. And um, uh, I think, of course, Chris, you know, one of the things that you've done a lot is help clients right over the years as they're newly hired alumni leaders establishing a footing in a new role, ushering in new strategies, points of emphasis. You know, if you're Matt in his new role or really you're any new alumni leader anywhere, uh, how do you plan out your first few months?
1: Yeah, I I always encourage new leaders to do a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Write it out. Be perfect. You know, 30 is pretty clear. 60 is a little fuzzier because it's going to change when you go through the first 30 and the 90 a little less uh, concrete. But you want to have it spelled out of what you want to accomplish. I think it's, I guess you got a question from Kurt popped in. Let's make sure we ask that answer that. Um, Here's what I tell people. So the 30, 60, 90 day plan. ask a lot of questions spend um uh listen more talk less (laughs) that would be something i would say to everybody and get to know the culture get to know the place i actually tell people if you didn't go to school there take campus tour take it multiple times from different people so you can hear how people talk about it so it's for me it's assessment it's meeting everyone that you need to both internally and externally and that list could be very long and Needs to be prioritized and you know scheduled around those 30 60 90 days um again ask questions listen and then somewhere after those first few months is when you start to formulate sort of a vision of what you might want to do in the future i've seen people wait a full year or six months before they begin to articulate those things but um all of them matt i'd love to you know hear your thoughts of, of kind of how you approached I know day four, maybe unfair to ask you this, but have you laid out some of those 30, 60, 90 kind of things yet? Or where are you with that journey?
2: Um, you, you know, in my head, I've got the 30, 60, 90. And I actually have, have written it down. But, you know, kind of like what you said, um, until you sort of get the, the, the flow of the campus and learn the community and the people, um, it's... it's probably a little difficult for me to say right now that I know exactly what I what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but I'm gonna, you know, as always, I'm gonna take your advice and maybe maybe implement it a little bit more tightly than I had planned to. I also think
1: it's critical, Matt, in, in anyone's first 36, 90 days is to bring in outside counsel to help them think through those things.
0: So. <laughs> Very critical. <laughs> I, I, You're definitely gonna wanna do that. You got anyone in mind? C-Mac. <laughs> C-Mac. 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 Mm-hmm. Me is the website. Uh, um, yeah, uh, just, you know, thinking about Matt, one of the things I remember best about my starting my tenure at Longwood University was I dug into some of the old uh, yearbooks and some of the old uh, editions of the student newspaper. Yeah. If there was a student newspaper on, and you could sort of um, have some help uh, pulling together some articles from over the years that give you a flavor of the interesting things that happened and the student voice um you know from from major moments in time you know like for example when you know men were added to longwood right there's a lot of fun articles in the student newspaper about that and um it's sort of a fun time to get to know the university by looking backwards a little bit but guys why don't we try to tackle um kirk's question uh right now because i feel like uh, we'll get back into the subject of DEI initiatives through this through this way. Um, right. Is the diversity occurring naturally, or are strategic planning the root cause for your growth?
2: Uh, I'll start.
1: I want you to take take is you, this is also an area you've spent even more time in. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I, I think we have external pressures that are happening. I think we have increasingly diverse. Um, incoming students, as we just talked about, that's going to drive it as well. But I do think, and Kurt, I'm going to give you a lame consultant answer, which is it's a combination of all those factors, external, internal realities of students being more diverse, but also a strategic plan. You've heard, if you've been on these before, you've heard me talk about the fact that it it forces you to focus on the things that are going to be most important. What are we going to do? And equally, what are we not going to do? And when you say these things are going to be important, we're going to do these kinds of things and develop these kinds of programs and these initiatives and these communications and these volunteer structures, then you're going to start to see an increase um, from underrepresented populations in your in your initiatives and your engagement score if you're tracking in those ways. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a it's a lame consultant answer, but I think it's a combination of all those all those factors. Matt, how about you? What, what what's your take?
2: Yeah, I mean, my answer might be close to your lame consultant answer too, Chris. Um, I, I, I agree. I think that the, you get external factors and you know, it, it can be the media, it can be uh, the things that are going on in society. So a lot of what you saw um, over the past two years really was a result of you know some tragedies, George Floyd's death, Ahmaud Aubrey's death, just the social things that were, were taking place and people all, all of a sudden began to really pay attention to uh, DNI issues across the board. Um, And then you've got the internal pressures and some of those internal pressures are actually from your alums, Um, you know, the alumni population. So both at Virginia Tech and my time at the University of Georgia, um, so much um, attention and and pressure to to uh, be more diverse and just sort of outreach and how alums can get involved and act and be active uh, came from the former students, whether they were two years out or whether they were 30 years out. Um, they they want to do it and, and you know, all of a sudden their numbers are amassing to a critical stage where, you know, where you should have been listening to them before, all of a sudden you're now listening to them because, uh, the, you know, there's, there's real power in those numbers. So, uh, you know, I, I think that if people just, again, like Chris is saying, if you just be deliberate and strategic about what you want to do in those areas, uh, you can achieve success and really make a lot of people happy. Um... And some of those uh, some of those pressures also come from like corporate entities, right? One of the one of the messages that we preached um, at Virginia Tech uh, while I was there was corporations were coming to us and saying we're not going to recruit your students because they're not having a diverse experience. And so all of a sudden, there's an economic bottom line and a reputational bottom line that diversity really matters. And and so you've you've got to figure out ways to to figure that out. And again, that, that's in answers in the deliberateness there.
1: That's an interesting take because they're going to get employees who are prepared for the work world that they're going to move right into versus somebody who's coming from a little more sheltered, um, homogenous community, as I said earlier. So yeah, I, I, I love hearing that.
0: Matt, why don't we sort of uh, skip ahead just to one question there. And you know, if we could teleport one year from now and talk to future Matt, who is celebrating your one-year anniversary <laughs> at Binghamton. Um, what are we going to be celebrating about and what do you imagine to be part of your roadmaps in year two and three? Uh,
2: well, I guess the first thing I hope to celebrate is that the VP, does, you know, the VP renews my contract and the president doesn't run me out of here in a year. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. seriously. Uh, and I hope a year from now that I could um, say that I've gotten fully acclimated to the community. That's probably number one. And I've built strong relationships with um you know, especially university leadership and our board, right, our volunteers. Um, I hope that in that time we've carved out a reputation amongst our colleagues and our peers as being major players in helping the university sort of achieve its overall goals. And and personally, uh, certainly some of its diversity pursuits. Uh, And then probably that our team feels like we are, uh, that they're comfortable with the strategic direction that we're heading in and that that we've focused on together. I know those probably are more qualitative, like good feeling goals and not necessarily measurable. Um, but as, as we all know, and we talked about before, the first year on campuses is, is about getting to know what I call the four Ps, right? People, places, politics, and perspectives. And you gotta get a feel for the cyclical nature of what's happening on your, on your campus community. So, you know, I'll be in an observation and evaluation mode for the immediate future, but I, I hope that by the time I get to the, to the second go around the sun, um, that a lot of those, you know, just the good feeling and approach to the uh, appreciation for the alumni operation is that it's a major player in the university's efforts to be successful.
0: Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, I'm sure you will get your contract renewed. At the, <laughs> so um, I, best wishes, of course, as you uh, work through all those challenges in your first year and, and plan for many successful years ahead. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we, you know, our original plan was to sort of circle back to um, DEI issues uh, and sort of conclude the show in that area. Um, but I think, you know, it is May, right? It's the graduation time of year. It's that time of year when strategic planning is going to begin occurring over the summer. Uh, you were once a alumni director, right, at Lehigh and then at Cornell. Um, and of course, you've been working with schools as they try to take advantage of um, time not in session as the administrative team. Yes, take some vacation, of course. But um, first, Chris, maybe we can ask you, you know, how did you think about um, this part of the year and then looking forward to the fall again as you were doing planning work? And maybe, Matt, maybe you could chime in on that, too, how you're thinking about just the next couple of months and what you hope to be sort of uh, bringing to life as the school year resumes again in the fall I'll I'll do a quick one Matt
1: love to hear your thoughts here Um, for me the immediate in this time of year at both Lehigh and Cornell was to survive reunion weekend (laughs) (laughs) you know major thousands of people five six thousand people at Cornell events that you know all the lead up and the execution that's that's very short a little bit longer you know into the summer You know, there's a slight slowdown. You never really stop. There's a little slight slowdown of activity over the summer months and it gives you time to pause. If you haven't done strategic planning in a while to do one, but if you have done one, it's a time to sort of think about what's the annual version of that plan that we're gonna execute in the coming year. That's the great time to do that. Um, And then using the time to operationalize uh, that as you get closer to the fall. The other thing you said in sort of a, a quick comment Uh, I think is even more acute and important now than ever is vacation. Everybody, every client, everybody I'm working with right now is tired and people need to take a break, unplug, untether, throw their phones away for a week, leave them behind and really take some time. More acute than I've ever seen it now coming out of COVID. So please do that. Matt, how about you? Short and a little bit longer Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to probably certainly spend, the, 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 like you said, the summer. I, I really need to get to know my team and know what they're doing and uh, get their ideas. Um, b- because, you know, part of my you, talk, you said 30, 60, 90. Part of my 90 day plan is to kind of unveil to the board and to my team. You know, all right, this is how I think we should be doing things. Now, I mean, we'll do them that way. But uh, here's Matt Winston's vision. And here's why I think you brought me here um so um they'll they'll be you know during the learning phase I'll be doing that and that'll run us right into the fall right we'll it will be into um our fall season um homecoming is a huge uh, effort here in the fall and so I'm going to watch and participate in that and hopefully mold that into you know things that I think are, are strategic you know I, I'm trying to get everyone to say you know, let's always ask the why. Let's be purposeful about the things that we do and, and know what the outcomes are going to be. And we'll, we'll, we'll do that over the fall, during the fall. Awesome,
1: Great. Uh, thank so, you. One man. other, one other yeah. question, man, one other comment to your team. The answer to why do we do it this way is not allowed to be because we've always done it that way.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well said, and a great way to end uh, this episode of alumnus. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us, uh, for uh, saying hello in the chat. Kurt, thank you for the question. Great to have Matthew Winston uh, joining us. Matt, thank thanks you, so much for uh, being on Alumless, and best wishes as you uh, get your legs underneath you there at Binghamton Mew.
2: Oh, thanks. And thanks again for the invite. Always good to hang out with you guys. <laughs>
0: Uh, We'll be back again in two weeks, Chris and I. We have another special guest. Um, I believe this person's on the West Coast. Uh, Yeah, we'll give a hint. West Coast, that's all we're telling. West Coast, that's it. All right, fair enough. Um, You'll have to join us then to find out who it is. I'm Ryan Catherwood. Uh, Chris, thanks for uh, being with us. Have a great weekend. Everybody, too. Take care, Matt. Thank you again. Really appreciate you doing this. All right, um, Bye, everybody.